the something else music. Welcome to the first ever something else music. And we're not going to be talking around or about what's next for music instead. We're going to talk to someone about music. It's Loomis. How's it going? Not okay. too bad, not too bad. How are you? That was better than the first attempt we've done. It was. This is probably what, attempt five? It's not. It's Thousand. <laughs> so yeah, so what I want to do is rather than talk about what's next for music, like um, you've listened to the tellies of movies once, I was like, what is next? You know, the process of what's going on. Yeah. Because we could talk about music all day. So what I thought we would do is start off with a few basics. So my name is Ben. What is your name, Loomis? My name is Sam. Okay, would you like to go via Sam or Loomis? Um, whatever. Just for the show. Whatever. We'll go for Loomis. Okay. Because that is your name. It's Loomis! So, um, oh, hang on, hang on. You won't hear this now, but in the recording it's going to be amazing. It's Loomis! It's Loomis. 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 God, I love that effect. Hopefully it worked. Anyway, so tell me about yourself. Um, in the aspect of how did you get into music? So... How did it impact you initially? Where did um, it all start for Loomis? So, from a young age, really. I would say most of my musical influence was from people like yourself. And from the family that we was in, kind of. Mm. It's a very like broad taste of music. Like, different Just genres. But you about you look at me place. and my sisters. <laughs> I mean, you only have to turn up to one of the family parties that we used to have. Yeah, so, yeah they, they were something. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, from that, really. And then it was only like... Probably around the time I was like becoming a teenager, kind of mm. thing. That so, I found my own kind of styles and stuff and own genres that I liked. Mm. That kind of thing. So, because I remember going through secondary school, and that's when I really found, just like yourself, what, not what you are, but who you are regarding music. Yeah. So, would you say you fell into that category where you listen to stuff just because people were listening to it? Yeah, but I would say not because of school, because of. More like the family music, I would listen to that because that's what I've grew, grown up yeah. with, kind of thing. And it was school. I was like, I did like the opposite kind of thing. Like in school, I would try and find my own music. Okay. And then I happened. I was just like a lucky thing. I happened to find a small group of people that did like the music that I would start listening to, kind of thing. Yeah. See, because I remember for me, like I went to school in Aston, and um, being I think even at an early age, I knew I was into rock. Yeah. Just because if my dad wasn't playing reggae or Motown, he had rock on, like Led Zeppelin, that sort of thing. And I always found with me, going through school, it was that I can't listen to that because I'll be outcasted. And I think it was in about year eight, year nine, I thought, you know what, fuck him. And I just went, you know, I think it was the early days of shaving my head when I had hair. But it's, yeah, I think it's nice when you you kind of have that, that epiphany, don't you? Yeah. And it's like, you know what, I'm actually all right with what I listen to. I'm fine with that. Alright then, um, let me see, so who inspired you, I guess, in, in originally, at the start, and who inspires you now? Um, at the start, I don't, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I can categorise like one, single it down to one artist or one genre kind of thing, mm. like, I think that whole process of finding your own style of music was what made me want to do yeah. music, you know what I mean? Okay. And so. then, so that kind of thing. And then obviously I've spoke about Peep as my yeah as I actually know to who start he is music kind of thing. So I remember for me, it was now this is going to sound really bad because we're in twenty twenty one Snowflake Capital, 
But it was, I remember sitting at home and it, I think it was on, oh, it was some like alibi channel, you know, some crap channel on yeah. BBC Two, no, uh, Top of the Pops 2 was on. So it's when it shows your previous ones. And I remember sitting there and my dad was talking to my uncle who had just come round, I think he had car trouble. And I was sitting there on the sofa and I was like, what is that sound and where is it? Why can't I have this? And it was Jimi Hendrix, uh, Voodoo Child. Yeah. And it's going to sound really bad, but predominantly all the artists I've listened to were white. So when I turned around and saw an afro, I was like, wow, this dude is awesome. He had the looks and everything, but it was that, the feedback he made with that guitar that I think that zoned me into. I want that sound. Yeah. And it, it was amazing. Um, but like you said, what what was it about Little Peep? A Little Peep, sorry, that draw you to him. Uh, I think that is he's very raw with Peep's music. I mean, if you listen to it, mm. like it's not. I've heard you you talked about Little Pump and stuff before, and Trippie Red and those kind of guys. Like that's you know they look like melted Haribo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, unfortunately, they get put in the same category as Little Peep. But I feel like Peep was like he made that kind of he made that kind of culture mm. like happen, kind of thing. Okay. So like, that all started because of him. Like the whole emo rap and everything. Yeah. That, that became because of him, and he's got like his his vocals are very different. Like they're raw. They're like, mm. he's actually singing, and it's there's not a lot that happens to his vocals. There's no like auto tune and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh god. It's, so it's 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 like that. Uh, but yeah. So apart from that, it's just so very it, raw and. Would you say because. I've said this a load of times, like when I make music, I want whatever the sound comes out of my amp or my voice is what I want in that song. Yeah. I want the rawness of it. Would you say that having a much more raw feel, is raw a word? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of came out with it. <laughs> would you say that amplifies the authenticity of it? Like, would you say you could gauge what he felt, his emotions through that rather than something, let's say, Taylor Swift did because of how... Um, compressed and commercial it sounds I think so yeah because I, I would say so oh, but I, not, not all the time I don't think that rule could apply to everything no uh, for the viewers and listeners you might hear Ted I can hear the keys okay we're good um, okay then so let me have a look through my questions in the Pokedex I'm going to find a good question here go for it man I mean, obviously, we've just spoke about your inspirations and people, you, you know, that have made you kind of, that you're drawn to. Yeah. Is there anyone with what you currently do, is there anyone you like to work with? Not necessarily an artist, but a producer, um, a composer, a writer. Is there anyone? Uh, there's a few vocalists that I'd like to work with, hmm. maybe down the line. Uh, but they're quite big, so <laughs> maybe. But you never know. You never know. That kind of thing. I mean, we, we know what happened with Justin Bieber. He still failed. Um, all right then. So, tell the listeners what it is you do regarding your music. So, solely I'm a. Is that a word? Solely. Yeah. We're gonna go with it. We'll yeah. go with it now. Yeah, a producer. So, I produce music. All kinds of different genres. I don't like to stick to a specific genre. Yeah. That's what, like that's. That's my main thing. Like, if if I had a niche, I reckon that would be it. Like, I don't stick to one genre. I'll, I'll try and produce whatever comes to mind. Like, whatever I feel at the time. Yeah, that's what I'll go with and see okay. what comes of it, kind of thing. Okay, but to be fair, that leads onto a nice little, um, nice little kind of segue, really, into 
uh, what is it about the craft you like? Like, with that, in the sense of, because you're on the fly sort of thing, would you say you get inspired quickly and that's when you make your, start your craft, or is it along the lines of you plan it out? Yeah, it's more of a on-the-fly kind of thing. Okay. Would so, you say you work better that way? Yeah. I feel like once the creativity is there, you can do more. Mm, and you, once you're in that frame of mind, you can just put out more yeah. music. I remember when um, it was the last band I was in, and you know, coming up towards the end of it, it was a case of, like, I'm very much like you. I just have that spark, and I'm like, that's what we need. Yeah, that's what it is. And I remember I actually tried to write something that the band would write, and I just couldn't do it. I eventually wrote something, but did I like it? Hell no. Um, da -da 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 -da. So, obviously, you do uh, producing and everything. And I, I watch a lot of people on YouTube. Glenn Fricker, I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Like, he's just awesome. And he's Canadian, and he swears a lot. But my question I want to ask you is, are you ever satisfied with a product so like for instance you could just produce say if you produce something for I don't know someone's come in and said I want this done and they're like that sounds mint and you give them a copy yeah. or you give them whatever they need would you still work on that after or are you happy whatever you've made so in the sense of all the music that I've released up until this point I would say that I'm, I haven't been 100% happy with any of it <laughs> why? because there's always something with producing and stuff there's always something after you'll listen to it again and you'll be like, I could have added this or I could have done this or yeah. when it comes to mixing and mastering, not the mix essentially, I'm essentially I'm happy with the mix, mm. but when it comes to mastering, I can be like, yeah, I could have left a bit of the low end in there more or yeah, just like, so you're a tinkerer. Yeah. Is that a word? Pretty much. Um, all right then. Da -da 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 -da. So we've asked anyone you want to work with. So this is one I just had to ask. Um, whenever I record or make something when I have that spark I generally have like I call it my totem yeah so I always wear a blue cardigan okay sometimes I might wear pants with it I don't know depends how I feel do you have anything like a good look charm that you have with you like I'm always carrying guitar picks in my pocket because I, I never know yeah um not really Nothing okay really. okay I'd like to say something to make myself sound a bit more like I have, I have a, a little bit of substance, you know. Spearing tiger. But nothing really. <laughs> oh, okay. It's um, very like. All right, then. Do you have a creature comfort? Like when I'm recording, like you can ask Sam, even ask Ted. He'll probably just say, you know, close the gate or something. But with me, I generally write on two guitars, so my acoustic is generally when I'm just warming up, sort of thing. And I'll yeah. always create something on there. But out of all my guitars, I've got two custom ones. Uh, a signature series um, Epiphone, and I've got my Yamaha Pacifica. Now, that guitar isn't expensive. It doesn't even look like it used to, but that is my creative. That is where I go if I need something. Yeah. And everything I've ever wrote is on that guitar. Do you have anything at your table or at your desk that you think, I need it? Mm, like, is there no. a particular cable or anything? Nothing. But I feel like it's very different for... Because obviously it's very different genres of music. So oh, definitely. A guitar, I feel like you can get more attached to a guitar. Oh, well, And that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas as long as I've got the software that I use to produce. And I use I use a, a software called Splice. It's not software, it's a company. And I get a lot of samples from there. So I'll get my mm. drums and stuff from so there. So would you say you'd be more hesitant to go to a different company for samples? 
Yeah, I would probably always stick with Splice, to be honest. Well, and the ne- in one of the uh, many more to come, something else is, we're doing about brand yes. and loyalty, but we'll get onto that. So if you're listening to Splice, if you can sponsor <laughs> me, that'd be great. Sponsor this guy. Um, Alright then, so what I'll do is move on to another question. <laughs> so, obviously, we've been in a pandemic for the past, well, over a year now. Yep. How do you think... Music, not just in the genre or category you make, but in general, how do you think music has been affected? In general, I think it's been affected quite badly, mm. as in the sense of people that play music live and people that sell tickets for yeah. venues and stuff, and even the people that promote the music and stuff like that. Oh, God, yeah. Then it's had a pretty negative effect, I would say. Mm. Um, well, just jumping in there, me and my new band, Education After Mockery, um... We literally, I was looking at the last time we rehearsed, and it yeah. was the 8th of October. Crazy. That was days. the last time we rehearsed. I so, mean, that's not that far away. Yeah, yeah. But we got to the point where, I mean, we've got a set list, essentially. But we got to the point where we was like, we can actually play this live, and everything went to pot again. It's always the way, isn't it? So, how about, because I, I, we spoke about this briefly before. Um, you, you know me, and... I like music to be very authentic. Yeah. If you want a drummer, get a drummer. If you want a guitar sound, get a guitarist. With lockdown, that just went out the pan because you couldn't. But what I found, I mean, that she, she, that she shanty. I've gone through Sean Connery. The sea shanty went uh, bloody viral, didn't he? Yeah. That Scots lad. I can't understand a word he says when he talks, but when he sings, I'm on your level. But I found stuff like obviously with TikTok and Instagram, all the other crappy things. Um. Would you say they have helped promote more people to find talent they didn't know they had uh, in a music? It's a, it's a tricky one when it comes to like TikTok and other social media platforms. I, I don't like, use TikTok. I I feel like music gets known for the wrong reasons, like through certain platforms. Like TikTok will go viral because of the video it's associated with, not necessarily yeah. the song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I find that a lot. So then that will get put out. And then the song will be known, but is there that much talent? Yeah, it might be a catchy tune, but mm. so it's one of them. So moving on from that, obviously lockdowns really affected live music, not just for bands, but for everyone. Um, I mean, throwing a curveball, this jumps into my head. What about DMX? I oh, know, yeah, man, crazy. I read that and I cried because I don't blame you. going through my childhood, my best mate Robert, who's constantly spoken about on this show, or just anyway, in through something else. Um, that was one of the first artists, apart from like Tupac and Biggie, but that was one of the first artists I ever listened to, and I was like, I like what he's doing. I remember when you used to play that in the, you know, I think it was in Tracy's car oh, on the we way had to the cry. Two songs, yeah. yeah, on the way to cry, going stop, <laughs> and just like randomly barking at people. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god, they were the days. But um, yes, I just thought, I'd just, yeah, that that really threw me. That did. But getting back to lockdown, um. Obviously, live venues are closed, but what I found, there's a guy I follow on YouTube called Davidos. Yeah. Um, have you heard of him? Mm, he's the name sounds from familiar. Lithuania. He's a killer guitarist, but what he does, he oh, does live looping. And he's got the beard. If you want to call it that. Yeah. Looks like he's got a bit of noodle on his chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that to his face, though, because he's big. Yeah, I can't even grow a beard, so. <laughs> Believe it or not, I walked out with this. When I was born, I was. Um, That's gross. Let's move on from that. Um, So... What what I was getting at rather was, um, I like social media, but what I've noticed because I, I do Twitch streams. Hey, I haven't done one in a while. 
but I've seen a lot of people do like live streams through um, lockdown. That's what I was getting at with Davidos. Yeah. So what he did was he would live stream every night until lockdown had ended, like where in because he lives in America, and he did, and he would live like he would get requests say do this song, and he would loop it, he would do the drums, the bass, you know, you name it, he did it. And what I've noticed, and this is what I was getting at before with hidden talent, was the amount of people that are now doing that. I can't do crap all on a laptop or computer like you do with your like. I saw what you did the other day, and it's just like channel after channel. Yeah. I look at mine. I've just got like a like copied and paste drum loop. That's <laughs> it. I, I can't do any of that, and I think it kind of made me admire more what people are doing. Yeah. I feel like there's a misconception when it comes to music production. I feel like people just think that people drag things over and then. That's it. The uh, tune's finished. Be, I, I was very... I mean, I guess being a musician, you have more of an understanding of how it works. But I still always thought that it was just someone with a little synth pad just going, yeah. you know, just yeah, tapping. It's not, and it's, it's, like, it's not... You still have to... Just like you do with a real band, you can... Like you showed me the other day with the... um, Getting the low end of a bass drum. I would never have done that. I would have said, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Just like that um, drip feed song I was playing, the, the kick drum's gone. Or because I'm playing some dirty ass bass. Yeah. But it does get lost in the mix. And I think what people forget is just because it's on a computer doesn't mean it's already done. Yeah. It's a sample. Just like if I was to input my guitar to one of your channels, that is a sample. Essentially, yes, I'm playing it. But, you know. I feel like on a on a, a computer, is if not more, to mix and EQ and master yeah. than... Because like, there's so many different varying sounds and different mm, varieties you can choose from. And I play. think with... If you used to do it properly, like when we used to record in the band, we would clean, clean. Yeah, we'd do a clean record. So yep. when we did all the songs we ever did, like um, on YouTube or SoundCloud, they were recorded with a clean guitar, which is really bloody difficult when you think about it because we played a lot of noise. Yeah. And a lot of my stuff revolved around feedback, you know, fuzz, all that stuff. So when you haven't got it, it's like. And then you have to make it again. After yeah. That to sound. And like my bassist would never let me play through the amp because it was noisy, it was dirty, like it's not even in here anymore. But there was never a clean sound. Even yeah. on clean, there was always like a that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, that yeah, that's what I was getting at. Sorry, like I think not just myself, but seeing a lot more people now do streams or just getting into music in general. I think I've grown more of an appreciation to it. Yeah. Like obviously, you do guitar and keyboard, everything really. And it was, I think it was weird for a guitar lover to see someone transition into that. Yeah. But at the same time, when I can see the craft, I'm like, you know what? Mint. Um, which, moving on, how do you think the music scene will ha like carry on after lockdown? Because I was talking to, because we have a lockup now. Just want to throw that out there. By that, I don't mean we lock up people. That's, that's a different story. Not yet. <laughs> oh. um, but... The venue that I rehearse at, I was taught. Oh, I keep knocking my microphone lead. The venue I rehearse at, um, I was talking to the owner, and we was talking about like how how his business was affected essentially, and he went from like bear in mind, I, I won't do names because I want to do a shout out for him, Rabanas, but um. He he had like Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, Napalm Death, Jamelia, the Pussycat Dolls. He's had so many famous people there. And he was getting like, what, 120, 140 people rehearsing a week. Then lockdown happened, he went to 20. Now there's no one. Apart from having people rehearse, he'd do producing and recording, mixing, yeah. whatever it is. 
And then he would rent gear out, like um, stage gear, lighting, that sort of thing. So it's quite scary when you see what lockdown's done. And it's how how is the music scene going to recover? Because he raised a good point. I want to throw this to you. I mean, you've never really... Have you ever played live? Mm, no, not really. So and like, I feel like I wouldn't as well, just while we're on the subject. Like, there's what? a lot of people that produce, like, and they go into DJing and stuff. But I feel like I wouldn't do that. Because there's a craft for DJing. Like, there's you've got people like Cole Cox and stuff that they've made an art out of it you know like mm. mixing songs together live and they do it there and then and it's crazy yeah. what they do manipulate a song to the way you've never heard it before mm. but then you've also got people that don't actually do it but they produce and then they just get on stage and they'll press play yeah so I just I wouldn't get involved in that side of things out of respect for the people that do it as a yeah like a craft you know oh, what so, I mean so I guess it's kind of like me not wanting to do covers because I don't want to ruin what they've done y- yeah essentially yeah I, I, I understand that um but the thing that Rabanas or Rob was saying was, why would a sound engineer want to go back to music or to live venues when he can have a steady nine till five job and have the weekends off? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That is a horrible, horrible, but very valid thing to say. And it it wasn't until then I was like, you know what? That is horrifying because I was I'm really confident that music's going to bounce back because venues just want them people want to go out like i don't really care about going to the pub yeah like throughout lockdown i've not wanted i mean yeah i've been having a couple of drinks here and there because i've been doing streams and quiz nights and stuff but um i've never really bothered like the thoughts never really gone ahead i can't wait to go to the pub but mine's i can't wait to go to a gig whether it's playing or seeing one and i think it was when he said that i was like you know what he might be right and it was like how, how do you feel music's gonna recover if it does after lockdown i feel like that is a very valid point, to be fair. But then I feel like maybe it will have a little bit of a positive effect, as in maybe it will filter out the people that weren't truly happy doing it mm. and the people that will stay at it because it's a passion of theirs, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's scary because it's like we've never lived through anything like this. Yeah. Like the last time was, what, 101 years ago or something like that? And obviously they didn't have half of the stuff we've got now. It's getting very windy, isn't it? Yeah. Gosh, just a little bit. Right up the crack. Um, the crack of the door. I'm a bum. And um, yeah, I think it was just, it's when you actually weigh up the things like the pros and cons, it's like, oh, this could be worse than we thought. But I'm still pretty confident, to be fair. Um, Let me see, let me see. So, with, I mean, I've seen how you work, I've heard what you produce, and it's it's phenomenal, to say the least. Again, it's not my kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'll listen to it, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't jump out if it was in, like, HMV, if that's still around. Yeah. But um, it's it's just nice because you can hear, literally, like I've said it before, like you've got a very distinct sound. Um, hang on one sec. Sorry, I've got a really shit lead, and I keep knocking it, so it's spiking. Um, so what I was getting at was, when I listen to lots of other similar genres, they all sound the same. Yeah. You know, not commercial, but there's always there's a sound, and I, I just can't listen to it. But with yours, there's such, dare I say, depth. If that makes sense, yeah, no like you, you can actually hear, like obviously you, you get vocals um, from other people, but you kind of make their. What what I'm trying to get is a lot of the time the vocals are empty. Yeah, you know they can be singing about heartbreak and all this, but it's empty. I don't I don't feel it, but with the way you mix it, you can feel it. Like we did a track, um, which I'll probably throw in here in a minute. Um, uh, what was it called Peaches Creek? Yeah, Peaches. Creek. And literally all because I was doing a, a 
the first ever podcast, which was about children's cartoon theories. And you thought that that was just mental. He was like, that would make a good song. Yeah. So I turned it into a song. And it was really weird how we all we did was a couple of messages over like, I need like violins or it needs this, it needs that. Next thing you know, you've you made it. And I was like, it was really cool how you got that vibe of... That we was on the same page with it yeah. kind of thing from the start. And I, I think, we... I mean, obviously I don't know how you um, interact with the people you work with, but it sounds like, just from our experience, that you really do know what they want, which is a really nice thing to see. Yeah. Because a lot of the time it's, ah, oh, well I'll do this, and the artist is like, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've had that before, it's a bloody nightmare. But, um, so moving on from that with how you can get the craft going, like how, how you have a, a different sort of sound. Is there anything you could give advice-wise to upcoming artists, producers, um, anything really? Is there any advice you'd give? Um, don't rush to find your own sound. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, don't rush that whole process to find something that you think other people will sound good. Find what you think sounds good. Yeah. And then we'll base yourself around that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I've done that a couple of times. Like, I think it was with... What was that song I did? Um, Sun Has Gone. Bow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bow, bow. If you listen to that, I actually cocked up after the second, after the first chorus. Like, I completely, there's a part where it goes, I went to, I went a bar too much and I just had to go with it. Funny enough, that song, um, Just For You, not Just For Him, it's a title. <laughs> Weird. But um, in that one, there's a part where it goes, um, ding, 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 and I've done that, it's 4-4 four, four essentially, but on the one I did it 5, <laughs> I was like, that's it man, crap, but I've left it in, and it kind of fits, but yeah, it's, I definitely agree with don't rush, I mean, here's a question, I've not wrote this down, I mean, you can see that it ends with what's next for you, Yeah. but I'm going to close that now, okay. I'm, I'm going to go on some curveball questions, so... In the music, in the music community, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. No one's gonna walk in with the trousers down. Anyway, um, this is something I always see, and it's predominantly since I've started taking interest through Glenn Fricker, with producing and everything. Okay. And it's all about gear. Now, I don't use very expensive gear. I think the most expensive thing I have is my SG, which costs just over seven hundred quid. I don't even use it to record. <laughs> So my question to you is, is gear important, i.e. the price of gear? Like, should should I, if I wanted to get into do what you're doing? Okay. I mean, I've got, I think we've got the same program to mix on. Yeah. Um, would you say going out and buying, I don't know, I'll I tell you what, tell us what gear you use. Not in the sense of names, but like a, a keyboard, a mixing desk, whatever. Okay, so my approach to this is the keyboard that you use. I use a MIDI keyboard, of course. Uh, doesn't matter what it is, just get one. It's, it just makes your life easier. Learn to, learn to play the keyboard as well. That would help. Like you can do it without. You can just like feel around and mm. get a sound if you make. Depending on what you're doing, of course. But learn to play and music theory is important as well. I would say, just knowing chord progressions and stuff and yeah. what fits with what and scales and stuff, that does help. Like I feel that another misconception with music production is that people just press buttons and hope it fits. Yeah, what, you don't need to know music. But you have to you have to know certain things to make everything work together, do you know what I mean? To be fair, going off that, we'll get back to like the gear and everything, but yeah. it's like with Eddie Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix, oh they couldn't read or write music and like Well they had to learn. Yeah. Like with me, I had 
I think, 10 lessons in total when I first learned the guitar. And after that, it was just down to me. The only thing I really learned after that was pentatonic scales. Obviously, I'm a blues player. Not that blues is a real thing, but again, that's a different topic, man. I could go on about this all day. But like, it was like indie rock. Yeah. But it's it's one of them ones like where oh, indie rock. Now you're just triggering me. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page as that yeah. one, to be honest. Because all I'm saying, right, is technically all the stuff I release makes me indie. Yeah. But but we won't get onto that. Um what was I getting to? Oh music theory. So the thing I was getting to was how the hell did Eddie Van Halen like learn that some of his sweet tapping solos were in the right key with a song. First yeah. of all, like, how did he do all that sweet picking and stuff? Because he he's going to have to learn it somewhere. And I think that's, for guitarists, I, I do believe, like, I've noticed with some of my songs, like Drip Feed, for instance, I came up with Drip Feed purely by accident, all because I wanted to, because I play bass now rather than a guitar in the band. I wanted to emulate Motorhead, so I put a bit of distortion on the bass and just wrangled out some notes. And the diddle 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 that was just because it sounded good, yeah. if I'm honest. The solo, it's pentatonic. I couldn't tell you what fucking key it's in. But I would never have been able to do that solo if I didn't know the shapes. And just like with producing, you don't have generally like the guitar or a... I mean, you have a keyboard, but there's generally nothing visual to show you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's... I totally agree there. Like, I'm not saying that theory is needed but, but an understanding an understanding of how music's definitely helps. constructed yeah it's like a funny one sam's going to murder me for this but she doesn't understand what why 3 4 is different to 4 4 yeah and i'm like don't i'm not checking to see if she's there <laughs> if you ever, if you see me keep turning it's cuz my laptop's over here where my arms now cut off and i keep knocking my microphone lead over now and then there's a, a spike even i've just said that but yeah so um run us through your gear yeah so i use a I'll be honest. This is so. This is my approach to gear. I don't think it's important, depending on what part of the gear we're talking about. So mm. the keyboard. If you ask me what brand it was, now I probably couldn't tell you. It begins with an A. A keyboard. <laughs> yeah, a keyboard. So I use that. Does the job for me. So it's not really important. It still puts the. It still puts the notes into the software that I use. Yeah. And it still records it perfectly. And I've never had a problem. Mm. When it comes to the monitors you use. That's when it comes to sound you're hearing from the output. So that's important to me. Same with the audio interface. Yeah. So when he's talking about this earlier, mm. Beringer, Beringer, however you pronounce it. Beringer. That's that's the audio interface I use. Or Beringer. <laughs> but to be fair though, that even that wasn't expensive. So can I just say something about Beringer? Now, if you've ever watched any video on YouTube about Beringer, they don't like people saying bad things. Yeah. Right. So I've got no quarrel saying what I'm about to say because they're never going to see this really. But I'm a guitarist. I have lots of stomp boxes. For people that don't know what that is, it's a pedal you step on. Now, I've got the Behringer UM300, which is the ultra metal pedal. So it's basically distortion. It's fucking gorgeous. It's pink. It's lovely. It's kind of... It, I don't know why, but it always when I look at it, it always reminds me of um, Satchel from Steel Panther. It looks like his pussy mountain, which is a pedal. I just want to clear that up. Um, but it's... Here's a funny one. There's two... One of the go-to pedals is Boss, right? Even you know that. Yeah. Now, here's a funny one. Now, going off ball, right? Behringer and Boss use almost the same components, right? Circuit board's different, but the components, the resistors, capacitors, you name it, it's all the same. 
The difference is Behringer used plastic housing, whereas um, Bosch used metal. Hence why you could get the, is it the metal zone? It's like 80 quid, where the ultra metal is 17 pounds. Yeah. And I'm just like, it does the same thing. It sounds exactly the same. Obviously, if you were to pull it through all sorts of readings, it will come up different. But what I wanted to say was, because this is why I asked about the gear, my pedal board, I tried to get an endorsement from Behringer, but because we weren't famous or didn't get anything, they didn't really want to. But pretty much at one point, all my pedals were Behringer. And I was just like, someone came up, uh, one of the gigs, and was like, that wah pedal is amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was in the last gig we did, which is right there, my wah pedal. And it's um, I've had, I've used Vox wah pedals, um, Crybabies, you name it. I've, I've had one before, it's called Dolphin or something like that. It was such a bad pedal. Um, but that is the Behringer Hellbabe 01. It's relatively all digital. So if I want to, in the old days, if you wanted to tweak it, you had to undo screws and literally move things. Yeah, yeah. But this one, all the dials are on the one side. And I was just like, it's 30 quid. And this dude was like, that's amazing. And that's why I wanted to talk about gear regarding um, processing. And you have Behringer gear. Yeah. And I've never had a problem. I've never had a problem, really. And it serves the purpose that I need to. Your interface is exactly the same to my focus, right? I've got the first generation yeah, um, yeah. solo. And um, it, it's a fantastic interface, but it's... I mean, you have to, you know what phantom power is. Yeah. It's how these microphones are working uh, predominantly for condensers. So what I want to get to you is, because this, this this bothers me, your interface, does it have external power or does it run from USB? It runs from USB. How is your phantom power? Perfect. Does your microphone work? Yeah, never had a problem. See, my focus, right? Now, I think it's because it's old and just knacker. But every now and then, it just doesn't have enough power. So I get like... um. You can hear it through the microphone, yeah. so it's just not loud enough, essentially, because it's not getting it. I mean, most microphones have a threshold, isn't it, about... They can go between something like 27 and, say, 52 um, volts or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going massively off topic. <laughs> like, so, th so this well. is how our conversations generally go. I go massively off topic. But I just wanted to emphasise that Behringer, just because I do like Behringer... And people have like, oh, Behringer, how can you produce with that shit? Yeah, like, I've never had a problem with them. Like, they, this is the job that I need it to. Mm. The only the only thing that I think is important for what you're trying to do with producing is your studio monitors. And even still now, in the setup that I have right now, is I'm using PreSonus 3.5s, which is essentially like a very budget studio yeah. monitor. But the sound that you get from them, is, you can't fault it. It's amazing. And there's a lot of people on YouTube and across the like the producing platform like following and the people that I follow and stuff yeah that have used them for years and have never had a problem and have so I'm going to throw a curveball at you now because I've just thought of it because I only learned this the other day okay now when I mix or really listen through what I've recorded I, I do three things I've got my headphones which are Motorola's Escape 500s I think lovely they're not very good mixing because they're bass heavy so the low end is crazy high so i like it because i'm practically deaf um excuse me then i use my i can't remember what the bloody sound system is but it's some speaker system i've got in the pc yeah and i've my dad had it but it's, it's got to be fetching like 20 year old now but it's meaty it's crystal it does have an eq on it but i always turn them right down so i could hear as it is so it's neutral kind of thing yeah which is what i'm going to ask you in a minute and then i do the car test so I'll go into my car, whatever I've just recorded, pull it on USB, play it through my car. If it sounds mint in the car, I'm happy because I don't have monitors. Yeah. So, sorry, I have to keep checking. 
why use monitors? What do they do? So monitors, that's like the rawest sound. I keep saying rawest, but you know what I mean. Well, we've gone from raw to rawest. Raw, yeah, rawy. <laughs> anyway, so like that's the sound, the first initial sound that you get back while you're producing. And mm. so it's I like to keep them neutral. So it's an uncompressed sound, isn't it? Basically, and then as it comes out. It's like I can't. It's very hard for me to explain. So, so. would you say it's like having? Because um, I'll, I'll just keep using these. Yeah. These are very low end heavy, um, so they're not flat. Like if you ever get a new phone, the worst one was my car I've got now. That stereo I didn't realize. Like normally you set an EQ and it's for everything. Yeah. This one I had to set the EQ for the radio for for AM FM. Had to set it for the auxiliary. Had to set it for the CD player. I've never encountered that in my life. And what I'm getting at is, would you say monitors give you a flat sound so you can hear whatever you've put in as it is? Mm. Because that's what I was I was trying to basically figure out, should I buy some? I think all, I, I think all the sounds, once they're put together, it gives you a clean sound of the mix yeah. itself. But I think referencing is still very important. So take it to your car, take it yeah. to whatever you use to reference. So I'll use, I'll use a couple of cars or car stereos or... Mm. I'll use headphones, even cheap little wireless Bluetooth earphones because yeah. I'll get a generic sound of how people will hear it, what they're listening on. Like, not like, everyone will listen in their cars on big speakers and for, stuff like that. For me, that. it's like, only listening back to the software, you've the, your setup and free monitors, I realise that my vocal, the placement's good. Because, yeah. I, I mean, generally you put reverb or something, I really love delay just because of my vocal, it suits it. Because I've got quite, not muddy sound when I sing, but it's, it's not the clearest voice, not distortion. It's just yeah, a bit pipey, if that makes sense. Well, you mentioned muddy, though. So studio monitors will help you. You'll know if you have a muddy mix. And okay. when I say muddy mix, it's when frequencies clash together. Which so is what, like what, what I had. It's what, what, like what I showed you with the kick and the, the bass. So stop them from mixing together. So, because this is what I was going to get at. Like, the, the I'll just call it sound placement, so panning and all that. Yeah. My vocals generally sit nice, but I, I always have a problem with, with the volume of it. So like I said, I've got it on two different speakers. I go to the car, go in my headphones, and it always sounds mint. But when I heard it on your monitors, I was like, oh, that's not EQ'd very well. Like, it yeah. sounded like... It literally sounded like karaoke. There's a backing track, and then someone sang over it. Yeah. It was phenomenal. There's, a, there's another misconception with that, though, as well. Like A psychological thing. I don't know, maybe you'll, you'll be the one to look into it more. Mm. You, so like, that's my... you love stuff like yeah. this stuff. So. <laughs> Like, when something sounds bad to us, we'll make it louder. Yeah. That's the rule, general rule. And it's, like, I'm deaf pretty much in my right ear. Like I've probably got, like, a set, no, 30% hearing. I can't hear frequencies. Like, if you was to put someone wailing on a guitar right there, I'd be like, can't hear it. Yeah. As soon as I turn my head, I'll be on the floor crying because it's too loud. But it was, what I found was, I mean, I could play loads of them. But when I was doing the vocals to drip feed, I just couldn't find it like the, the, the I liked how I delivered it but there was parts where I'm like oh you know when I had it limited and everything so everything was the same volume if that's how you do it, I can never remember but I, I just found like I was hiring stuff up for the sake of hiring it up and yeah. it was like if you look at like all the the level the channel levels they were all like going all over the shop and I'm like that's why it sounds shit nothing was level in that sense yeah oh it was annoying very annoying um so yeah so would you definitely say Going back onto the gear aspect, it's not necessarily 
would you say is that classic? It's not the tools; it's how you use it. Yeah, I was just gonna say. It's how, it's, yeah, essentially, it's how you use what you've got. You can have the worst equipment in the world, but if you use it in a way where you're learning from it, like we've referencing, if you're using the cheapest set of wireless headphones, and yeah. then I guess it's because you've got to cater for what everyone's listening through. Yeah, like a uh, Drake's producer. I know this is a bit off topic. Drake's producer. He. Oh, sorry. I thought you you meant Drake's producer, as in he's a producer. He's isn't he? Uh, or he like the guy that does yeah, his stuff. Look, the guy that actually produces most of his music and his albums and stuff. I forget his name, but you'll be able to find it. Uh, he produces with the set objective of making it sound good if people listen to it on less spec stuff. Like oh, okay, because then so would you say just saying that if you produce with the aim, it's going to sound good on inferior product. Would yeah. you say it would then sound better on higher product? I feel like you'll lose stuff in certain frequencies. So if you produced it with the idea of people are going to listen to this on the best, most expensive studio monitors, mm. then you can afford to go further with it with like the low end and stuff. Okay. And then if people look, like Drake's producer, there's a I still saw a post and it was like he's producing for people that are going to listen on laptop speakers, for example. Okay. So it'll sound a clean mix on, on a laptop speaker. Mm. So the first time you initially hear it, uh, psychologically, you'll think, yeah, this is a good song. Yeah. Because of the levels you hear and stuff. So, in that aspect, I think, in a, like in a general rule of thumb, keep it. What you're comfy with, really. Yeah. So, what you're comfy with producing with. So obviously, I'll in the in the mastering side, I'll, I'll never have the high end too high. Yeah. Because I know that most speakers or whatever people will listen on, they won't. <laughs> you can't. Won't get the most start, out of it, yeah. so there's not much point. You know what I mean? Because just speaking about that, then like talking about recording for like cheaper spec things. Um, Kurt Cobain, he was notorious for playing really, really cheap guitars. Yeah. I mean, obviously, coming up towards the late years, he started using Fender Jags, which are beautiful. But um, he was always using cheap guitars. It's not because he could destroy it. You know, he, his object wasn't to destroy them. It was the sound it made. He was like, they just have a sound. Yeah. And I've had it before. There's a guitar body there. It's I'm going to butcher this. Tysco or Tesco. I'm just going to say Tesco because that's how everyone says it on the internet, but I'm going to pronounce it Tysco. Okay. Um, it's a Japanese brand, like back in the day, like they had crazy body shapes and they use foil back pickups, which I don't like the sound of, but when you hear it in a mix, you're like, whoa. But it was a cheap pickup. Whereas you can, like, there's a company I use, um, Iron Gear UK, they make guitar pickups and they've got something called a hammerhead. Now, that is a bastard of a pickup. Like, it's so, like, if you, if you like shredding, Fucking hell. It's like the low end's alright, but the high end, it's the output anyway. Yeah. And it's 30 quid. But if you went to, like, say, oh, are you Seymour Duncan? Now they are. Oh, God, I've had some Seymour Duncans. Um, he makes some great pickups, but you can hear it. But at the same time, I really loved the pickup. I had the hammerhead. And it was just baffling. Like, I've gone through it all my life. Like, do I really need, like, this expensive gear? Like, these headphones I've got, they cost 50 quid. Whereas the headphones I had before that I got from Aldi for £25. They're actually more expensive than the, the headphones that I use in the studio. And then again, it's I don't have them anymore. There were a couple of, I think there were JVC in-ears, yeah. like earbuds. I can't use earbuds, they mess me up. But they were the best headphones I ever had. And it was just because they gave me, even on different EQs, like everyone knows your phone EQ is shit. Because everyone has it on rock. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it gave me the cleanest sound. Like I could hear all the highs, but feel the low. And uh, if you ever ever listened to what's the song? Overkill by Motorhead. That starts straight away with 
um, the animal going mental on the drums. Not from the Muppets, but his name was the animal. Um, his name's Phil Taylor, not like the dot player. Um, but it was it was crazy. Like I, I, I can still hear the clarity of them earphones, and I've never found anything like it. Yeah. I think the only thing I've found close is the system inside my house. These earphones, like I said, probably one of the best headphones that fit my head. But they've got noise cancellate. Going on to this, because I was doing this earlier, like recording. Not earlier, I mean like a couple of months ago. They've got noise cancellation on, so you flick it on, it adjusts frequencies. Would you say that's useful in mixing? Because I found, for me, whether it's just down to my hearing, but it really helped me isolate like lead guitar because it kind of upped the higher frequencies would you say noise cancellation is good in mixing or have you never tried uh, people have so people have a preference you have like open the air close the air headphones yeah when we're talking about like noise cancellation and stuff that's like a bit different thing but I prefer close the air earphones with headphones even sorry with nothing else on like I feel like the more rawer sound again that yeah. word rawer keep saying rawer. But like, this podcast is going to be more rawer the most the, the most neutral I can keep the sound the better it is for me yeah so, like, with nothing affecting it, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it's, it's just weird, like, because it is always the same thing, like, believe it or not, we're actually doing this um, podcast in a garage, but it's like, I'm literally looking around at some of the stuff I've got, like, my bike, it's, I think it's just an Apollo bicycle, and a lot of elitists who are like, oh, it's a cheap bike, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I haven't finished fixing it for a start, but it's a solid bike, you know what I mean? Um, my guitars... For the best part of... I mean, how long have I been gigging for now? Holy crap. I joined my first band almost 10 years ago. Today? As in to this day? Yeah. Wow. No, no, no. What month are we in? Hey. In oh. November, I would have joined my first band. You, that, you made that sound so close. And then you've gone from April to November. Now. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So, lockdown, that lockdown time frame. Um, yeah, but what I was getting at, sorry, was... The first guitar, I, I said this earlier, my Yamaha Pacifica, that's the only guitar I ever had. And it's, for nerds, you might understand this, it's um, SSH, single, single humbucker pickup. So essentially, there's one magnet in the top, one in the middle, and then there's a double at the end by the bridge. Now that guitar, like I said, it's my go-to, it's my baby. It needs to be repaired so bad, but it still works. And I use that for ages, and when we started recording, sending stuff over... Our bassist, Jim, he was like, oh, what guitar are you using? And I was like, Yamaha Pacifica. He was like, fuck off. It's like, I am. And it was just because it's very much that thing. It's, it's oh, I'm going off topic again. But basically, <laughs> so I was like, the guitar, I think it was an ex-model one. Um, an ex-demo, sorry. So it, someone's already used it. And I remember yeah. my dad getting it for me. And um, it cost 140 quid. And it's... The best guitar I've ever played. Now I've played. I remember it was when you, when you went to, is it? I can't remember what the college was. You, you did music in college and you had to go and buy a guitar. And we were sitting in the sound booth, in the in soundproof room, sorry. And you had, I don't know if you still got it, but it was a Fender guitar, an acoustic. And I went wandering off after I got shouted out for playing that four grand acoustic. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, and I, I wandered off and I picked up. Now, Loomis will tell you that feels weird saying that. <laughs> He'll tell you, my idol, my holy grail is the Gresh White Falcon. Yeah. And I played it. All four grand worth of it. Yeah. You reckon it's still the same price now or it's depreciated? It's higher, it's higher for lefties. Even yeah, with depreciation, it's still yeah. high because they're hollow body guitars, so you have to reverse the moulds. But essentially, I played a lefty one and it was the best thing I've ever played. 
But it's still not as good as my Yamaha. And I forgot what I was going to say then. I had another point I was going to get at. I think oh, it that... comes back to like, if you like it, use it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, it's, it's a board. If it's not broken, don't yeah. fix it. Yeah. Like, isn't if it? it works for you, then just use it, man. Like, this is one I want to throw at you because this is massive in guitar and especially. Well, any, any instrument that requires like feel, like violin, bass, yeah. cello, all that sort of stuff. So. There was a thing before, and it was a Slash interview. Now, Slash is the guitarist of Guns N' Roses. Is it Velvet Revolver as well? I want to say so. Correct me if I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, don't correct me. Um, so, someone said, basically, why don't they sound like Slash? They brought his guitar, his gear, everything. And he's like, it's because you're not Slash. I am Slash. Like, if Slash picked up my guitar, it would sound like Slash is playing my guitar. But if I picked up Slash's guitar... It will sound like I'm playing his guitar. Yeah. And I want to throw that kind of, I guess, to what you do. So would you say, and I think I already know the answer to it because it makes sense, but would you say I would, if I used everything you did in the same process as you did, would I sound like you? I think it would be similar. I feel like that whole process, what you just talked about with people, if someone played the same guitar as you, they would have the same... Not sound, but the same sound, but not the same feel. If yeah. that makes sense. So it would sound exactly the same, but you'd know that's not you. Yeah, because kind I, of. I find. Well, I wouldn't say exactly the same. I feel like it would have the same patterns to it and the same kind of general idea and the general direction, but it would be two totally different things. I, still. I find there's little nuances that everyone has. Like when when I make a riff with the band, I love my hammer-ons. Like I don't think anyone can hammer on in the band better than me. Yeah, and um. When I first did, oh, what was the song? I can't remember the song. Thorn. I actually changed how I played it because they couldn't play it because it was hammer on all the way up. I didn't have, to, I think you saw it once live and I didn't pick. Yeah. It was just hammer on and hammer on where everyone else picked because they can't do the hammer ons. And I was like, when I brought them, um, there's a song I'm bringing to the band and I know Bruce will play it exactly the same, but it will sound very different. And I thought, Maybe I've done it again. Hit the mic, um, and I thought maybe that's the same thing for, well, for your craft really. Like, for a noob like me, would I sound like you if I used everything the way you did? I'd still say no. Mm. I think it's. I think with electronic music and music that's produced with software, I feel like you can you'd be able to replicate it easier than you would with an instrument. Yeah. In I, that kind of. I aspect. guess it's because whatever's there is there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a guitar, you can, you know, I can have three guitars, which I do inside, play the same note on every one of them, but it will sound different every time. Like, I can go and get a sample that, say, Drake's used. I don't know why I keep going back to Drake. He's a legend, he's got a swift haircut. But, yeah, so if I could go and get a sample that Drake's used and do something with it, but it wouldn't sound mm. exactly the same. Yeah. Because I'd still have my own way, and I could, That this is the beauty of electronic music, like you can... I can change that sample totally so it doesn't even sound like the same thing anymore. You know what it reminds me of? And we'll all leave it there because we could go on about this all day. <laughs> the Beatles. Okay. Now, I'm not massive. Like, I know a lot of their songs. I can tell you what they are because I've heard them. Everyone's heard them. Yeah. But I'm not a fan of them just because they were very manufactured. But when they started getting a bit of creative going, the one thing I do admire about them is they are doing what essentially what you just said. You can change the sound. And what they did, they made pianos sound like guitars and guitars sound like pianos. Yeah. 
And I think that's why, as years have got on, if you look at electronic music, like you listen to um, Oxide and Neutrino. Yeah. You know, Probably throwing it back now, aren't you? That's what their drums were. Now you can get, again, Glenn Fricker does it where he compares synth drums or samples compared to like generally a lot of the drum kits you hear in modern music it's not it doesn't sound like a drum kit it's just a thud yeah. and like a clap sound a clap and some feels in there but what I've noticed there's a lot more for, for me liking that real sound there's a lot more samples what someone's actually recorded yeah different velocities if, if and you everything. want the live sound with producing you can get it you just gotta yeah. find it and I think with the way you can manipulate sound like if you listen to a master of puppets where it's like that was a terrible crash sound I was essentially miming it too. So anyone watching, you know what I'm doing. Anyone listening, you're fucked. So it was a case of now you can almost replicate a drummer without having a drummer. But we'll leave that there because, like I said, we'll go on for ages. But um, we'll end it with how can people find you? Uh, Instagram. It's Loomis. SoundCloud. We'll pull it all in the description, but yeah. It's Loomis. Everything's basically It's Loomis. Apart from Spotify and Apple Music and all the platforms that I've really Which is shady Apple. It's just um, <laughs> it's just Loomis on its own. Okay, so that's where we can find you. Is there anything you'd like to let everyone know? Is there anything coming up for Loomis? Is there anything happening? Anything releasing? Uh, there's a three-song EP coming for the summer. All going to plan. Nice I say one. that now. <laughs> um, maybe this will be my motivation to actually get it done. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. So it's going to be a three-song EP. And it's just going to be like a whole summer vibe, to be fair. And it's going to be three okay. different genres, as I don't like to stick to the same genres. Yeah. So three separate genres. One's going to be a bit dubstepy because that's that's mm. like my my love my love was for electronic music started with dubstep, so I have to yeah, stick with it. Them days. And then uh, the <laughs> next one's going to be like I want to say house, like deep house. And then the third mm. one will be uh, that uh, drum and bass. Yeah. Okay. So three genres, one EP. That's coming this year, at some point. It's for the summer, hopefully. Cool. Well, it's been an awesomely epic pleasure to have you in my garage. Nice one. Nice shot this me. time. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Nice and one. I will hopefully do another one again. And look forward to hearing your EP. Nice so, one. thank you. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you soon. Bye. <laughs> my hand wasn't in the... <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs>